The following is an excerpt from the end of Nicole's essay on her trip to Costa Rica. If you want to read the rest of it, as well as see the pictures taken along the way, those are at thevelvetexperience.org. Adventure 5, The Rescue, The Beach, and The Long Road Back to Trialba. The sun starts rising before 6 a.m., and Lou and I were getting up with it. The hotel we were at was set up like a botanical garden, and there were sloths on the property. We found a baby sloth hanging on a palm over a walkway while its mother was high up in a close-by tree. Though we were probably supposed to let natural selection take its course, Lou and I cut the palm the sloth was on and moved it under the tree its mother was hanging from. As the baby sloth started to climb up the right tree, we did feel better that it would at least not get stepped on in the walking path. The groundskeeper informed us that the baby had fallen from the tree the night before and that they were surprised he survived. He didn't catch us in the action of moving him, but told us we weren't supposed to move them, obviously. What can I say? Lou's always been fairly hands-on when it comes to wildlife. After breakfast, we headed to the Jaguar Rescue Center for a tour. We didn't see any jaguars, but there were a wide variety of rescued and rehabbing wildlife. Everything from baby sloths to howler monkeys, caimans and crocodiles, snakes, birds, deer, and frogs. Basically all the wildlife Lou and I wanted to see while in Costa Rica. The woman from the Basque country, Naria, was incredibly passionate and gave an excellent tour. Well worth the visit. After the rescue center, we had an excellent lunch at a place called Bread and Chocolate, followed by a failed attempt at using a Costa Rican ATM. I thought maybe I had used the wrong PIN number, but I think the ATM was just out of U.S. dollars because no one else seemed to be able to get money out of the machine either. Now it was time for the beach. Even though our hotel was across from one, we were bussed into a beach that clearly wasn't meant to accommodate large vehicles. The water was clear and warm, and I swam some laps in the water. Lou hung out on the sand, not wanting to get his last pair of underwear wet before the long ride back to Turialba. If you'd asked Lou what the hardest part of the trip was, he would say it was this bus ride. The seats on the bus were cramped, and the cool AC vent blowing in his face agitated his old neck injuries. Though Costa Rica is not a very large country, and areas are not far apart, the driving is slow. Most of the roads are only two lanes and were built in the 70s when there were way fewer cars on the road. It was about 100 miles from Puerto Viejo to the hotel in Turialba, but the drive took almost four hours. Transit times should start improving in the next 10 years, though, as there's a fleet of Chinese road workers increasing the number of lanes on many of the main highways. Once getting to the hotel after the long drive, we were pleasantly surprised at how much nicer the second room was compared to our first. Working toilet, working hot water, much newer mattress, just better all the way around. Our group gathered for the penultimate dinner, and we were given instructions about our last adventure. For Lou and I, that meant mountain biking, and we were excited. Finally, a dry activity, or so we thought. Adventure 6. Mountain biking down the Irizu Volcano. After an excellent night of sleep and a gorgeous sunrise, Lou and I are geared up for mountain bike day. Only six of us on this excursion, guided by Pablo, who had already guided us through the Pecuari rafting earlier in the week. He informs us that we have about an hour and a half drive ahead of us, 
as we were starting about 11,000 feet up, just short of the Irazu volcano crater. The drive up was pleasant, and we passed the time asking Pablo about his time as an elite cyclist and adventure racer. The day looks gorgeous right until we get to our destination when thick fog clouds start rolling in and the rains start. We had planned to walk the Arazu crater before setting off on the bikes, but the visibility was so bad on account of the fog that Pablo said it wouldn't even be worth it. We wouldn't be able to see anything. We started getting the bikes off the bus as the rain pours, and before we even set off, I am already soaked. So much for not getting wet today. It's pretty cold, too, but unlike the rafting where I was dressed in a dry-fit tank and some workout shorts, I'm wearing multiple rain jackets and have long pants on over my bike shorts. Also, we have a bit of uphill riding before we start descending the 10,000 feet into Turialba, and this was hard enough to keep my body temperature up. As someone who lives at sea level in a place where the highest point measures about 312 feet, it was startling how hard riding uphill at altitude was. As soon as I started pedaling, my heart rate shot through the roof. I got off my bike briefly to catch my breath and quickly realized that breathing is not nearly as efficient at altitude as it is at sea level. Despite the struggle, I get back on the bike and make it to the top second in the group. Only the 17-year-old is in front of me. Lou and the other three are slowly pushing their bikes, huffing and puffing. Pablo is going up and down the hill, checking on everyone like it's nothing. Luckily, there are only two other small sections going up. Everything else is downhill. What we're riding on is not single-track mountain bike paths. They are gravelly farm roads. We descended through the thick fog past cabbage fields. We descended past the rain. We weaved through cows walking in the road. We passed tractors and the adjacent Turialba volcano. We descended until the gravel road started to become paved again and our hands started cramping from being cold and wet and hugging the brakes. At this point, we stopped for lunch. Everyone is cold and wet, and Lou asked me if I'm okay because my lips are distinctly purple. I could have been drier, but was feeling okay, and lunch was delicious. After lunch, we coffee up and learn that we are only about halfway to our destination. Some of the group starts having second thoughts and considers just getting on the bus following us for the rest of the descent. I don't even consider it. I get my raincoats and gloves back on and get back on the bike. As the second half of the descent begins, the weather starts looking more like the morning sunshine we drove away from. The surrounding area has changed from farmhouses and cows to small village houses and dogs. We avoid cars and wave at the locals while being propelled down the mountain roads on bikes that are just barely good enough for riding. I can't speak for everyone else's bike, but mine could have used some better brakes. We descended all the way down into Turrialba proper, right up to the Costa Rica Rio's headquarters, where the rest of our tour group was waiting. It's a beautiful sunny day at the bottom of the mountain, so much so that my soaking wet clothes are almost dry by the time we reach our destination. All I could think was wanting to drive to the top of the mountain and do it again and again and again. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Machination Log. We got Nicole and Lou in the house. Howdy. What up? Back from another not quite triathlete 
experience. There was no running in this one. It didn't sound. Oh, like no. thank Christ! No, but 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 it, it did require a level of physical fitness that the uh, the triathlon helped with. Um, there was a lot of paddling, uh, some mountain biking, some climbing, some climbing. Um, no, I mean it definitely helped. Right, it definitely being, helped being in shape for the triathlon. You know, like. The, the 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 instructions or the recommendations that the tour guides give you before you even go right so like when you when you book the trip they say that they recommend you start training 60 to 90 days out before the vacation starts yeah, sure so so being physically fit was was definitely helpful for this vacation yeah yeah you guys were out there for eight days yes we covered what Adventures five and six. I assumed adventures just corresponded right. to days. Yeah, you, you, you yeah, because each day you did of. you did like a thing. So, yeah. but that yep. was like the last adventure, really, because that was the mountain bike thing. Yeah, and you came in on the uh, the sloth, which was that was day five. Yeah, so we didn't really do much. We went to the beach, but that wasn't like an adventure, quote unquote. You wrote a full account of the entire thing. We just did an excerpt of it. Yeah, I, I, it was going to be a long read. This is one of the longer things I've written. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's pretty long. It's well, over 4,000 words. Yeah, it um, it was funny because when I started writing this, you know, because there's always that how long and how much do I write about? Like, if I had wanted to, I probably could have covered a whole book on the trip. Well, um, there is a that, that's kind of what I want to talk about. Yeah, because absolutely could have. Yeah, it's it, like it, I certainly could have channeled my inner Bill Bryson to get a whole book out of this if I needed to. I mean, the way I, I've told, because you know we've seen so many people since then, and of course you do the slideshow when people come over and they want to see the pictures. You know, we saw Claudia and Scott and my mom and you know Victor. Yeah, like You've you know, given the slideshow tour a few times. Already. Yeah, and and by the you know. I I have like a routine down of what I say now for every element of it. If I were to write this down, I think it would it would jive pretty well because I start from the very beginning and just reach it to the end. Probably a little too verbose for people who are just sitting there looking at someone else's vacation pictures, but but they're know. too polite to tell you. So of course, yeah. that's entirely. And up I appreciate to you. that, but you know. <laughs> but, but no, seriously. I mean, there was so much to talk about in this in this uh, this trip because. The whole process was like amazing. Yeah. And not, and, not well, a, go ahead. Oh, and Lou and I had never just bought a vacation package and just done something like this before. I was going to so. say the the novelty combined with the length of this trip makes yeah. it that way. I mean, you're you're have you you don't have a whole lot of other things to like compare this to. You can't go same old except That's you right. have to con you have to include the entire universe of things that happened. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. if you've never been on a trip like this. And of course, we have no idea what it's like to other countries or using other tour guides companies or whatever. But this particular. Or if you have a group of people that are real crappy and don't get along. Or, <laughs> I mean, because there was like a lot of social elements. And well, because that matters tremendously. Yeah. You know, that really mattered. And, you know, what made part of it special was how the tour guides made the group feel connected. It, it was, it was ha like a lot of it was psychological mind fucking you into like having a great time. <laughs> Which was, and it works because, like, after a while, because you, you, you're stuck. Like, you are absolutely stuck with these people. We were 16 people, so we we're 14 other people there that we have to have breakfast, lunch, and dinner with every single day. And we typically do activities with all of them. Some activities you do half the group, and the other half to go on to do another activity. But still, you know, you are with these people for the entire eight days, and there's like no way out. Yeah. So you have to accept it. And and they do a great job. Like the tour guides do a great job of bringing everyone in, making you feel like your family, 
loving each other, supporting each other, being safe with you know it's it's a big thing, and I and I know a lot of it's psychological because they that's their job. Yeah, but it's camp counselors. They, they yeah. did an amazing. They job. were an amazing group of camp counselors. I I must say, I was very Absolutely. impressed with the group. How critical was the karaoke session in this bonding experience? Oh uh, my goodness, karaoke was important. Now I my, that was one now of the my, first things. Too. It was actually one of the first things we did, and we we were separated. So this was only half the group that got to go to like a local bar and do this karaoke thing. And I, and it wasn't the best karaoke experience of my life. Cause I've karaoke with South Koreans, but I must say drunken guzu or gozu. Yeah. That was a good yeah, time. Um, <laughs> Costa Ricans are a close second in karaoke prowess to South Koreans. I was really impressed. In um, what sense? Like panache. Pitch. Yeah. Yeah. Just like, like, they just know the words. They know the words. <laughs> they've got the dance moves. Like, like they're the whole package. You like can they tell they've into, done it before. Yeah, yeah. Like it's this not is a just serious a, activity. Yeah, it's not like a fleeting thing that they do once every couple of years or something. They like they do this. A but lot. yeah, karaoke was a huge part of the bonding experience, uh, especially for our little group thing. because that was one of the days where we had half the group. So the other half went and did some other activity while we did. It was kayaking that morning. And then after you're done kayaking, we're driving around and they stop at this like little village bar, which literally is just a shack that you go into. And they have like one computer with YouTube that they just preface yeah, they karaoke just, you, you just song type names. in your song and then karaoke and then you just play off YouTube basically. Yeah. Af- Nicole, after your choice, which yeah. we'll reveal in a second, uh, who had the <laughs> least melodic song they had to karaoke Some to. guy picked Drake and I couldn't understand what they, like, I was like, is this a song? I couldn't understand what was going on at all. And then. Um, and what did you pick? So I picked Eminem and Joyner's Lucky You, which has basically more lyrics than I can, like, I can't read the lyrics as fast as I can say them. And I only know about a quarter of them. And uh, I fucking killed it as best as a white girl that knows a quarter of an Eminem song can kill it. That's fair. Yeah. Everyone gave you props. I have it on video. But yeah, I- the 13-year-old <laughs> girl like ran up and gave me a hug afterwards. She was like, that was the most awesome thing ever. She tried. Yeah, she I did tried. Well. Um, it's hard because I don't know any other like pop songs, like current ones. And other people were picking current songs that I was like, is this a song? Is we had Are no these idea. lyrics? We had no idea. <laughs> like... Is does this thing have a two? I I didn't understand the songs at all. That's fair. Yeah, I um, knew what was coming though. See, when they the first night of dinner, they they passed on a sheet that says, "Hey, you know, we're at some point this week, we're going to hit a restaurant, and we need to know what you want for lunch." So of course you pick your option, and then they're like, "Oh, also right next to your name, put your favorite song down," and it was rather random. <laughs> and I go, "Well, I know where this is going. This is they're, they're going to do some kind of like." karaoke shit so i put the (laughs) easiest slow going folk song i could find make it so simple to sing and i can just knock it out without being too embarrassed (laughs) yeah but the thing is we got to do it like in an actual costa rican bar with like ticos like drunk in the afternoon going white people what's going on oh it's fantastic (laughs) Um, fantastic. the rest of the group that wasn't with us they got to just karaoke at the lodge lodge, like off somebody's cell phone in like with just the group and Mm, that was though it was fun for those people it wasn't as good of an experience as Lou and I had, and Lou and I just opted to go to bed early that night because I was not going to try to sing the Eminem song twice. Well, like, I were... did it once, 
And that was the best I could do. Well, they were trying to have fun with the limited because at the Eco Lodge, there's no electricity, there's no Wi-Fi, there's no reception. So you know, the the the, the tour guides did the best they could, downloading the YouTube songs or whatever that they could, and you know the lyrics were on his phone, so you just had to hold the phone and sing over it. But they were trying to get the folks who already done the karaoke bit involved again to do like, hey, why don't you just sing this song? And it's like a random song that I guess if I were just a normie, I would know. The lyrics or whatever. I've never like, heard of Happy. What? That song, that one. They yeah, tried that, to get Lou to do yeah. that on the spot. He was like, I don't know. Well, I mean, I've heard the song before and I've heard the Weird Al version. I understand. But, you know, it's just not a song that's ever clicked with me. Like, I think you. Mm. So, like, yeah. um, so when he was like, oh, you absolutely know the words to this. I looked at him. I go, no, I really don't. <laughs> like, I don't know how to be more Come embarrassing to, well, here. Now but... I realized that there's really not that many words to it. There I just gave enough. it to somebody else, yeah. and someone else just the sang the, the shit out of it. Knew. The rest and I was of the like, group good. knew. Yeah, they knew. They, they saved me on yeah. that one. But um, so so that's karaoke. Yep. Uh, the mountain biking. I'm assuming that's was the your last favorite day. part. Yeah, that was awesome. Well, there's well for me. Um, I didn't. The, I didn't almost. Well, I almost froze to death on the the rafting was great, but I did not pack appropriately and didn't realize that I could freeze to death in the middle of July, like anywhere. <laughs> Um, Costa Rica, not hot. Yeah. No, not I mean, hot, not hot if you come Florida. from Florida. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I mean, we're talking 78, the highest every day, and you're in the cloud forest. It doesn't get that hot, and there's no sun. So, you know, there's no way to What's bask. What's the wind in... factor like around there? Not terrible. It wasn't too bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, some slight more breeze a, occasionally, you know. more fog factors were a big yeah. thing. Yeah, like, I, I immediately just assumed there would be no wind in a place like that. But my vision of what it actually is like might yeah, be off. wind no, wasn't the, an issue. Like I said, the fog was an issue at, at various points. A breeze would roll in when it would start to rain or something. But, you know, the, where we were, we were in a valley between volcanoes. So a breeze goes through that valley occasionally, but it's not like what we have here in Orlando where when it torrentially pours down in an afternoon and hurricane force winds come for about a half hour and stop, we didn't have any of that down there. Yeah. It just rained. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah. Just rained. And it, mostly know, did it, and it mostly did it at night, which was convenient. So, Except for the mountain bike day morning. Well, I think it just always rains on top of the volcano. It just, if well, we you drive drove, up that high, there's weather up there. Like, you can't get away from it. Yeah, well, it. we drove into a cloud. You know, we saw the cloud we drove into, and it just started to envelop us, and the rain started falling, like, not even from above, but from, like, eye level. <laughs> the rain <Yeah>. was falling. <laughs> so it was it was kind of funny. But, um, no, I really like the rafting part because I could, you know, living in Florida, you can't just jump into wild bodies of water. Without the not fear. often, no. Yeah, without the fear of gators potentially bothering you. So um, I was taking advantage of that luxury while I was there and just jumping off of the raft whenever they said I could and jumping off of rocks and into the water, and it was a good time. I enjoyed that part for sure. Yeah, see, I've never even been rafting before. So, I mean, I guess it was a pretty – National Geographic said it's the number five best river in the world to raft, so I guess it was a good experience. All right. But yet again – I've never gone rafting before. Nothing compare nothing yeah. to compare it to. I mean kayaking I've I've done before. Um, but it's always been ocean, never on a river. Not so. whitewater kayaking. Yeah. yeah, I've never done like whitewater kayaking. And there was something to be said for, you know, the eco lodge that we went to, we had to raft to it. You know, there was some road access, but not enough to drive a bus with a bunch of idiots like us on it. So, you know, you have to raft three or four hours there and then another five hours out. So, you know, 
it, it made it's it an feel. Adventure. Yeah, it, it, it was definitely an adventure, and it helped. You know, I guess we can move on to other activities, right? So we when we were at the eco lodge, having traversed all of that just to get there, it it made it easier to do crazier shit. So when like you're doing the zip lining, which is you know relatively safe anyway, no big deal. Zip lining from platform to platform. At the end of it, there's this one, the Tarzan swing, and that's where that's the one where people were like. I don't know if I want to do that because <laughs> it's, I guess, akin to a bungee jump, but yeah, you're not going down. You're just yeah, swinging. Yeah, you're just not going upside down because you're still harnessed upright, but it's essentially a bungee jump off a platform into a canyon of trees. Yeah, over the canopy. And, yeah. and at that point is when I was just like, no, fuck this. Like, I traversed that fucking river for hours and we made it here into the middle of the job. I'm going to do this. <laughs> and I think I got a bunch of other people psyched to do it too. Because yeah. they're like, yeah, he's right. We, we, we made it here. Let's do it. I'm like, exactly. I'm here. Let's have a good time. Jump that cliff. Yeah. Like, See, have you, you've you never traveled out of the country, have you? I don't you? like traveling. Like, I don't, I see no value in it at all. I just like making things and I don't have to go anywhere to do that. Well, that's so. what I mean. That's what we had done for 20 years. We just brought all the world's animals and plants to, to our, our house. house. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. Like the closest I could get to that would be if I went on some sort of like architectural excursion somewhere. Well, that's like, just visiting Europe. Yeah. yeah. Europe. Well, well, and, and even more so, like even at the conventions I go to, I get most of that anyway, because anywhere there's a hotel large enough to host a convention, there's plenty of shit to go like see. Yeah. If you want to see yeah. humanity. Like I don't, I don't like cultivate nature. Where you guys, you guys, there is actually like the box outside where you know the things that you're bringing into the house come from. Yeah. Well, that was one of the cool things. You know, this trip was not focused on wildlife. It was focused on obviously yeah, rivers and whitewater rafting and adventuring through Costa Rica. But of but course, you guys you had see... the acumen to make it about that. Yes. Well, yes. no, that's the, we reason, tried we, our the best. reason we picked there is because we knew there was like cool animals in Costa Rica. So yeah, that was kind of like the Many of which barrier. we've kept or currently keep, you know, like one of our goals was to see wild boa constrictors or I wanted to see wild pit vipers and dart frogs and all of the things that, you know, we haven't had pit vipers, uh, but, you know, snakes and all of the things that like, you know, we've been into for the past 10 years. So it was definitely cool when you're people like us who, you know, love those types of things and that's your hobbies to, you know, keep these animals in pretty glass boxes. Well, then going out and seeing them in the wild kind of refreshes your brain about it. Like it, it sort of just kind of brings it all together. You're like, holy shit, it is right there wild. I don't have to. Yeah. Well, you know, I, put it in a box. That's amazing. Well, you know, it makes also, it all the more amazing. I also went through a transition with vacations too because I mean I haven't done I've done very little world traveling because I traveling I find very stressful like the whole plane ride this and that. Um and I also was uh I always just figured like world travel would be just too expensive to do and I realized that that's just because I was picking places too fucking far away like I can go places closer. Yeah. that aren't as expensive to go to. Two and a half hour commute. Yeah, it, it, it just beautiful. took me 30 years to realize that I don't have to travel like the other side of the globe. But, um, you know, like, so before I would, you know, go to cities and do shopping and stuff. But then when I went on a trip with Jacob and Jacob's trips involve bringing one pair of clothes during the day, one clothes to sleep in and like packing your own food and just going into the woods indefinitely. Um, 
Like when I took a, a vacation with Jacob, I realized, wow, there was a lot of different like places to hike around the world that are not like Florida. And so that kind of like opened like like kind of like opened up like the idea of traveling to places that have different terrain to visit. Well, it opened up the the thought of doing actual outdoor travel. Yeah. Yeah, as opposed to just like flying in and going to New York and or going to like a city and like walking around and doing some shopping or something like that. Yeah, because when we went to California, you know, we saw so much. We traveled from L.A. up to Portland and we just saw so much different ecosystems and uh, waterfalls and different rivers and. We camped Your and we did. trees are really big out there. I've heard. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. We drove up, you know, the mountain that had snow on it and came back down and it was no snow. Yeah. <laughs> and like, so, you know, it was a lot of fun. But that's when we realized, oh, shit, we can do things outside and not give a shit about, like, uh, I don't know, making a plan to go see a concert or traveling there to go see a show, whatever what it may be. So that's what kind of kicked. We went to Utah the next year. Yeah. Right. And that's when we camped out in Utah and did hiking through the canyons and stuff. And that was like, you know, every time we come back, we like, we want to move to wherever we just came from because it's so eye-opening to us, you know, from like that outdoor yeah, and kind then, of And then I'm like, wait, Costa Rica is closer than even flying to Vegas, which is where I normally would have gone on a July in the middle of the month. Well, when yeah. we got there, that's what it, like, you land and you're like, oh shit, this is like a, like an air ride to new york this is nothing yeah. this is like crazy okay and i'm in now i'm in a totally different country speaks totally different language it has different currency like the whole everything is there to like give you the experience of being in a foreign land yeah. you know right i'm not opposed to experiencing that i just i i can't imagine what it would have to be like for me to enjoy it the way that most people do because i just spent i don't i don't want to make this about me so I'll be terse about it, but I just like, I like wandering around cities and I like wandering up and down mountainous trails, but only, only on my own time. Okay. Like I go to Chicago at least twice a year and I wander up and down the, um, up and down the trains and I walk through the buildings and I enjoy doing that, but that's not like a prescribed experience. I've never actually tried to do that in Orlando. Okay. So even Orlando would be traveling for me <laughs> because I've never actually been in the city I live next to. <laughs> the closest I've been is I've driven through it a couple times to get a haircut because I don't you've ever never, fucking know how to get there. You've never got hipster lunch in Orlando? I Once. Okay. I went to a place called Tin and Taco. That's the extent of the experience. I've done it one time. So yeah. Orlando doesn't give much in the city yeah. experience, but I, I don't doubt it. Like, and it's certainly next to the ones that I would be comparing it to because That's right. again, yeah. the conventions all you take place in the biggest it. cities there are. You can't compare it to New York city or Chicago or San Francisco or any of that. Or shit, even just you know? going to Vegas. The, Orlando like, isn't terrible. I know people sh- like the shit on it. It's small. That's for sure. But it's, it's no New York or Chicago or San yeah. Francisco or Seattle or Portland or any of that. And those, but the, those experiences are all just like, breathers <laughs> like they're not like it's good it's good to like have them but they're not revelatory i just like i'm like i'm glad i came here yeah like, i'm glad i took a detour in the middle of this trip somewhere to go do this thing but mm-hmm. now i'm back to whatever i was doing i get back to the baseline um but that's not how costa rica was well this no. certainly doesn't sound like it well here i mean to almost to your point though like 
it took us, we've been together for 13 years. It took yeah. us this long for us to realize that, oh shit, we can go to a place like this. Yeah, a, like a, I just had a revel. I was like, I can travel out of the country and it's mostly okay. <laughs> well, it, th that was the weird thing. Cause yeah. I think we were always kind of fearful about the unknown of it, A. But B, we were always caught up in the, oh, we got to go visit your family in Vegas, or I got to go visit my family in New York. Oh, you know, it was always visiting somebody or or something like that or in I America. Or I want to go to Madagascar, but they're having a bubonic plague outbreak and tickets, and yeah. tickets are going to be $4,000 a piece. And I just don't know if we can swing that this year. So it was like, okay, well, like all travel is out because I can't make it to Madagascar. Yeah, what everyone else like does, that. right? It's like a lot of our other friends yeah. who are into this shit do. And, you know, the... We, I think, a lot of times made up excuses for it. So when we booked this trip, we were still afraid, but we were committed. But, you know, I think it, it took us this long to actually go to a place that we were trying to recreate in our home. And we never put those pieces together in our brains. Yeah. We're like, <laughs> why didn't we do this sooner? You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Because, like, we've bred the frogs that are there in the wild. And I you grow know all I mean? sorts of weird begonias and stuff like that. Yeah. Which they have just grown wild all over the damn place. And, and, we, and I know people who, who do research out there, and I know people who have land out there. And, and, you know, for some reason, like, you never really been to Orlando. Like, the thought of us... No, it, like for us to go somewhere like that just didn't click yeah. <laughs> for some stupid fucking reason just never clicked yeah so now i'm kind of relieved i was like oh, okay maybe it's like not as scary or difficult or cost prohibitive as i thought it i mean what was, was the damage on the trip damage on the trip was uh, less than 5k for both of us yeah it was like seven it was like 16 17 a uh, person for the tour which is all everything included which included everything yeah um, you know, the tickets were a couple hundred bucks for taxes. Cause I had points. He had so, I points paid for so it was a couple hundred bucks for plane tickets. It was like $150 in holiday and express, uh, bills. And then I don't know, probably between t-shirts, the two dinners we bought on our own and couple like bucks. some laundry, like $300. So achievable on a yearly basis. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, Absolutely. Like, no, no more expensive than like going, if you went to Vegas for a week and stayed on the strip, it's <laughs> certainly no more expensive than doing that. Like. Yeah. Depends on your tastes in Vegas. But. Well, for, for a wildlife trip or for a trip, Sorry, for an adventure through the deep jungle in Costa Rica, of which Costa Rica has a lot of. Costa Rica has focused a lot of their resources into conserving their land because of ecotourism, and they realize how much money it brings in. Well, it's a major expat state. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, they have, no, they have no military, right? So uh, in 1948, they cut out their military so they can focus their uh, resources on infrastructure and developing their ecotourism mar uh, uh, market and all that stuff. So... You know, it, it shows, A, because every, <laughs> everyone, like, is under those auspices of, hey, you're the reason why we, we exist. You know, like, the white people coming in pay for a lot of their life there. So um, it showed. But, you know, I forgot where I was going with this now. Uh, we were in the middle of the jungle. Yeah, it, it, it started in the jungle. Yes, yeah, so it started somewhere in the jungle. This is what happens when you go on a trip that's this exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it was. Yeah, I don't remember where I was going. With it. <laughs> <laughs> Cut that out. That's, that's fine. Uh, but that, I mean, that that does sort of dovetail into my my question about writing about it. Yeah, because uh, you 
Nicole, you talk about needing to write about things immediately. You got yeah, to get it out. I did the same thing with this one. Like yep. I sat down the next day and I ba- banged out like 5,000 words. Yeah, I did it. not. I did not expect that to be as long as it was <laughs> given out. <laughs> given, I mean, the period between you getting home and having that draft was short. Oh, yeah. It was, it was less, well, we gave le- ourselves time. less than 48 hours. We gave ourselves time. Like, you know, we came home on a Sunday. I didn't have to get back to work until Thursday. So like half the week. Yeah. So I literally got home and just started writing about it. Yeah, you cranked that out. I did, and and like it felt really good too. I was like, man, I should write about more stuff. Like writing's kind of awesome. I just don't do it very much. I mean, it was so while we were there, I was actually taking some pretty long form journal notes and stuff. You know, like because I was gonna write something at the end of it, but then Nicole like started pumping it out, and I was like, well. It doesn't make any sense for two of us to repeat the same fucking thing, right? But I was really, like, journaling every single day. We could, right? But, you know, we were journaling everything. I was journaling everything just because I wanted to remember everything. And there was a lot to it. It was a dense vacation. Yeah. You know, it was was very... It shows. Yeah. 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 Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for as long as it was, it's not like you... That's the weird thing about it is that it's almost 5,000 words. And you don't linger on anything. No, no. <laughs> it's Even, almost a bullet point. And what's, no, there, and, that, and what's, was, that was a shortened version, though. There's like a lot of detail in there that's not. Uh, yeah, no, I could have gone into more detail. What's funny is um, I did the same thing I did for the triathlon uh, write-up, which is I do like a small blurb that it was like, oh, there was a lot of preparation for this. Okay, here we are. We're going right into it because. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because you're like, well, I could, you know, do a whole other section on prep because getting ready for this trip was so fucking stressful. I was so worried that, like, customs was going to find my fucking legal drugs that I was bringing in. And that, she said legal. Yeah, they were legal. Yeah. They were legal. I looked it up. They were legal. But I was still stressed out about it because sure. I'd never dealt with any kind of customs stuff. Well, I didn't you know you get stressed had. out about stupid shit like I, that all the time. Dude, air travel stresses me out. Like, going to the airport stresses me out. Like... I have a thing I'm writing on airports. Yeah. I think it's, they're a very special place in a very awful way. It's very, <laughs> yeah. It's, and, and I mean, that's probably part of the reason I haven't tried traveling more also is just because I find the physical traveling part very stressful. Well, I find that if you if you get direct flights, the chances of the airport being a terrible experience goes down dramatically. I don't take jumps yeah, anywhere. Neither, neither do we. That's a deal And it was actually a really good, a large, a big part of our decision to go to Costa Rica was, oh shit, JetBlue goes there direct. And I have points on JetBlue. Like, there we go. (laughs) Well, that's, yeah. Yeah. That's right. right. It paid, it paid for that airfare. Do they do straight through to Peru? Because that's the next place I want to go. Well, if they don't, it'll probably just link to San Jose. And then from there you can fly to Peru. I want to do Peruvian Amazon. Yeah. And I also want to mountain bike Utah. Mountain bike Utah. Yeah. What's the right season for that? Uh, I guess October, because when I went on the climb, all the mountain bike Moab trips were all in October. Weather's a little bit more. It's not flash flood season, which I learned is important. If you're going to hike in Utah, don't go during flash flood season. Correct. (laughs) It doesn't sound good. No. No, you know, one, one... Torrential downpour one afternoon can mean yeah, life if, or death yeah, when you're hiking but, but between if, yeah, if you're the in a slots canyon, and the canyons. Yeah, if you're in a slot in a canyon and then like a wave of water comes, like there's nothing you can do. Literally, yeah. <laughs> so. Or you get your truck stuck somewhere or blah, blah, blah. So you're fucked. But yeah. So once again, it's 
when talking about actionist journalistic things, it's satisfying to write about them, but it's much more entertaining um, extemporaneously to talk about them. Like this yeah. way, like you could have read everything that we're, we're sort of going through what's written here yeah. just in a more dynamic way. And this, this is certainly more like palatable to just go through. Cause again, it, it, it's the weird thing with reading, reading a blow by blow account is that you have to be sure you understand the temperature of what's being said. Like the mood is changing all the time because yeah. you're moving from one point A to point B to point C. Point B. But you need to write about it. Yeah. Like you got to write about <laughs> it or this doesn't come out. Like you yeah. need, because you have to lay it out. And it's what I'm, what I'm getting at with like the triathlon before we were talking about what motivated you to do triathlons yeah. and I thought that would be an interesting essay. There's one line in here which I don't expect you to write an essay about cuz th this would actually require some like journalism, but you had a line. I can actually I can bring all of these trips and the triathlon back to one television program that I think our tour guide Pablo like came in top 10 in the race that those people did in Costa Rica and failed miserably at. It's so all it, it all fucking <laughs> all fucking comes it all comes together. it all comes down to us you watching know, that boundless show on Amazon. Well, sort of, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it ended up being boundless was the one that resonated with us the most, yeah. right? But it came down to us like last year, we were in not a great place, right? Yeah. Over the summer. And in, in the fall, we had just began, you know, some, some healing and, you know, we were both in different spots in our head and we were watching these shows. And I think as a subconscious way for us to get back together in a mental, like, uh, synergy yeah. as you were, we decided, okay, let's run a 5k. And that kind of forced us to like start working together again with certain things. And we're like, Oh, getting really into these shows. And so then we were watching all sorts of adventure racing show, uh, shows on Amazon. Cause for some reason they had like the monopoly on those rights. And so we watched everything about like the race across America, cycling stuff and these ultra marathons people were doing, the Barclays marathons up there. Oh, but I think it was that boundless one that really got all of this crap. No, started. it was because it was the best one of the whole bunch, yeah. right? So that boundless, and we still go back and rewatch those episodes because. That's yeah, all motivating. I'm like, oh, I'm going to go back and watch him go to Costa Rica and totally fail at that adventure race. And what you were saying is one of the, so, you know, if people don't know, it's just two dudes from Canada who do a bunch of different adventure races, right? And, um, our one of our guides, a mountain biking guide and our rafting guide, Pablo, was an ultra marathon runner and adventure racer himself. And we, but he was telling us the dates that he had like a real serious team together. And I think it matches up when that boundless show was in Costa Rica doing, doing adventure races. Yeah. And I think Pablo came in like eighth in the race that they totally failed in Costa Rica. <laughs> Yeah. So, do you have yeah. his phone number? Are you gonna? I have his Facebook, his but Facebook. You know, yeah, <laughs> he's he's not as he's not on Facebook as much as Chamo or Yo, the other he was tour the more guides. Quiet one. The other the other tour guides were a little more hammy than Pablo Pablo. Was the guy that is okay running for three days straight and no sleep. Yeah, which means yeah. he's okay being quiet. A lot of altitude training. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, little introspective. Yeah. So you have this. It's two sentences. It was about 100 miles from Puerto, Be uh, Puerto Viejo to the hotel in Trialba, but the drive took almost four hours. Transit times should start improving in the next 10 years, though, as there is a fleet of Chinese road workers increasing the number of lanes on many of the main highways. Yeah, that was a big thing. The tour guides kept pointing out the Chinese workers. The they had, time. like, camps that the workers yeah. would work or were living in? <laughs> yeah, so... Yeah. 
So when I read that, I was like, wait, hey, hang on a second. What's going on there? <laughs> What's going on here? I was, like, I, was feeling, like, I was like, I want to talk about some of the Costa Rica stuff, too, because this is like, like I said, it's like either like talk forever and you end up with a book or you try to make it like. Condense it down. You try yeah. to condense it down. So that was like, you know, like travel tidbits. I mean, there's a lot of travel tidbits I actually would have liked to put in there. Like, um, like just bring some like non-flushable butt ripes with you because you can't put your toilet paper in the Any of the toilet toilets. bowls anywhere in Costa Rica anyways. And it's way easier to remember to do that if you just bring non-flushable wipes. It's way easier to remember <laughs> to throw them in the trash Yeah, because when you're using the TP, actual toilet paper. You, you just don't, you don't even think about it. It goes yeah. to the toilet and next thing you know, you have to make a call because now it's fucking clogged. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's an interesting spell. But it, it's the thing. It, it's the, it's a, it's a 4,000 word summary. And there's like this bit in it that's the beginning, like that. Yeah. That those two sentences. I know where you're coming from. For yeah. most, yeah. Uh, you know, for, for anyone who works for like the Washington Post, yeah, that's the start of a novel. That's right. <laughs> is noticing these Chinese road workers yep. on yep. the side of this highway. Like the, there's there is a lore there. The yeah. Belt and Road Initiative is in play in. Central America. Oh, we, were yeah. ne- we were never given the total, de- all the details on it. But, oh, no, no, no. I figured as much. No, but, but, you know, we could have looked it up, to be honest, and figured out all the, the, the who, what, and why of it all. But, you know, apparently China's investing heavily, and we believe, uh, or they thought that it's probably because there's something in the jungles they want. Because that's usually how it works. That's why China Either, builds roads in Africa, too. Yeah, so yeah. either they want easier access to all of the, like, banana plantations or coffee or sugar or whatever the fuck they're growing out there now. Um, you know, they decided we're going to invest in helping them build new roads. Yeah, it's because, the Belt and Road Initiative. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's, it's a whole thing that's been going on. It's just funny because that's the – you guys were there fixated on um, wildlife and biking. Yeah. Like, because those are the things that you, you've got. Yeah. You've got floating around. And you resisted the temptation to just talk about those things. Yeah. If I saw, if I had seen that, that's all I would have thought about the whole time I was on the trip. Like that would have completely absorbed that trip for me. Is is this restructuring of the society? Um, we didn't see it too much. It wasn't in your face. That's the thing. Well, the thing they is, told it us about it. It didn't kick into like day four when we did like a lot of traveling because we were traveling by raft up until then, essentially. <laughs> yeah, for three quarters of the trip, it's by raft. And then what happens is they have to bus you back from where you started. So most of it's going down the river. And that's when they like spring this fucking road situation on <laughs> us. You know, they, they travel not only through. You see not only the Chinese influence in these certain areas where these workers are at, but you also see, like, apparently there's a part of some town that is known for containers. And you think containers, like Pyrex? No, like large fucking Mack truck containers. And they are fucking everywhere. (laughs) Like, I'm not lying to you. There are just giant airport-sized fields filled with containers along this one thirty-five mile an hour road. And this, this this is the only road you can take to get back. And then to- there's a lady that sells ceviche out of a van if you want a snack. Excellent. Yeah, she sells ceviche that she can pour into a half a bag of Doritos for you for like, you know, five <laughs> colones or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. The tour guide seemed to know her. It was safe, I guess. A lot of people were eating it. <laughs> I, I refuse because you know, I knew that we had like another three, four hours on that on that bus. And if man, if that ceviche wasn't good, 
it could have been a really rough ride. Home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you got, but but the version of that that you did see, I that would have been all of my snooping and preoccupation. Yeah. <laughs> whereas <laughs> this road I, situation, I wouldn't have seen the sloth. I would not have yeah. gone the rescue center. Like yeah. that just wouldn't have happened. <laughs> that would have. I would have ignored that completely. Yeah. Well, luckily we, you know, the tour guides brought us everywhere. So the only times we had that were on our own were few and far between. Um, you know, when we got to Puerto Viejo, they gave us some, they're like, Hey, you know, there's nothing going on until dinner and it's early afternoon. Yeah, so, so we had like an hour and a half. So go we went, bike to town. So we went like rented some rusty ass beach cruisers. But you know, like they're smart because they don't want you getting in trouble. So they, they stay at hotels that are like, just far enough away from the town that it's kind of a hassle to get to, so you're more prone to just stay at the hotel. It's just like in Puerto Viejo, our hotel is like just far enough from the town that like walking it is yeah, it was a two to three miles sketchy. Mm. Two to three miles, but on a rusty bike, <laughs> you can make it. <laughs> yeah, you can make it there and back, and, and do a like little tur- shopping in about yeah, an hour then, and a like, half. Yeah, like you know, you're out in this sugar field. So like the like you would have had to like call up an Uber or a taxi to pick you up and take you to town. Like it was far enough that you wouldn't have been able to like walk or get there yourself. No, you couldn't walk there. So like they, they do a good job of like kind of corralling you into areas where you can't get into trouble on your own. Yeah. Like it was very calculated. Which was good such. because like, you know, Nicole and I are rel- relatively safe when it comes to that. Like we're not nightlife people, so that eliminates us getting robbed at nightclubs kind of shit. But, yeah. you know, a lot of our croup were, were like, did not hesitate in the least when the one night came that says, yeah, we'll go to a club tonight and we can dance and have a good time. Like, like not be in the jungle, but go have city life fun. And of course we stayed in. Look, but that's totally bullshit. You will, you will try to buy drugs wherever you are at. That's not true. <laughs> I'm not 25 anymore. <laughs> Maybe at some point in we did, time. We did on this trip, but I mean, we've had many trips that were kind of sketchy like that. In the past. Yeah. But no, I mean, we're, we're just not that nightlife people anymore. So no, we don't put ourselves. we always ourselves... did it during daylight hours. <laughs> <laughs> I'm at a point in my life where I can, I can like live without weed for a little while. Okay. Yeah, luckily <laughs> like... someone else had already smuggled some in on the trip. So we were good. <laughs> yeah. That's. <laughs> That's fine, you know. <laughs> so you didn't talk about that at all in here. When you no, s- I didn't want to incriminate. <laughs> I didn't want to incriminate anybody. Oh yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, I was even. Well, I was even questionable because some of the pictures, you know, they, the pictures like the tour group took all the action shots because you can't really bring a camera with you when you're whitewater yeah, rafting. I, I was wondering who was taking these pictures. Yeah, there's a kid. Well, that was amazing. That was actually this, really like, amazing. This like 19 year old kid in a kayak follows you around and takes pictures Ronnie. of you all the time. Ronnie is the nicest kid in the world. Yeah. He was so cool, so awesome, and he was so. When you're there's three rafts. To cover the 16 people, each raft has a guide, of course, and then they all have like this waterproof bucket or or barrel that they have supplies in because when you're rafting for three to four hours, they stop halfway, turn over one of the rafts, throw a tablecloth on it, and that's now like the lunch buffet. And all of the travel, all the, the tour guides cut up all the food and prepare a giant like lunch buffet, tacos or whatever the fuck that you can make yourself. So, um, and, and the other support staff are like two or three guys in a single kayak going up and down the river to make sure everything is okay. Yeah. And one of those is like, you go down a rapid and you know, you get all wet and you're all happy and it's all exciting and whatnot. And you get stuck in a rock and big fucking deal. And you get down there and then there's like a little eddy that's just kind of quiet. 
So everyone kind of waits for everyone to go down the rapid, and then we all kind of congregate, and then we continue down, right? It's a really safe and organized kind of method. But when you're waiting, Ronnie will go down the, 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 the river a little bit, set up shop, take out his camera from his waterproof box, and wait. And then he waits for everyone to go down the next rapid, taking all their action shots. Okay. And, and that's what he did for pretty much every like activity we did. You know, if it wasn't him, it was someone else, but it was mostly Ronnie. He did it for all the zip lines. They did it for mountain biking was another guy, but they did it for that. Every activity they did, yeah, they like had Yeah, like all the stuff that you couldn't bring your camera with, which was- And it was a activities. value-added thing. They, they added it to the end. Like, well, if you want the pictures, it's 60 bucks per person. And it they would, give you like a little memory yeah, card. It with would all have the been pictures. handy if they would have told you that uh, ahead of time because then I wouldn't have had to go around and find like all these weird Costa Rican ATMs that didn't work. Like if I would have known I needed to bring like an extra hundred dollars to pay for pictures, but they didn't warn us of that ahead of time. So that was a little. So I, I went around and did a lot of attempting to find ATMs that spit out US dollars. There are a few, but they don't <laughs> always work. They don't do not work. Yeah. yeah. It, it was crazy. We went to like three or four. Yeah. But no, that element behind the, of it was really fun because um, we didn't know until about halfway through that, oh, these are going to be available to us. That's cool. And if you look at the shots, they're, they're fucking good. Yeah. <laughs> they're very good. They're yeah. good. You know? They're all over at thevelvetexperience.org. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Where the full transcript will be. So. Um, I don't know. Yeah. What did you, have you guys decided what the next country is going to be yet? I don't know. I mean, we have a next adventure lined up, but that's kind of, but that's going to impede some traveling things. Yeah. I don't know how much you want to. (laughs) Um, So I don't know. I think the mountain biking in Moab seems a little bit more doable. That's four days. So that's in and out. I don't even have to hire two pet sitters for that. (laughs) That's right. It would be easier. That, That is right. And then, you know, I wouldn't mind doing the Peru thing next year if we can swing it, but we'll see what happens this year with our other plans that we have yeah. kind of underway at the moment. Oh, so uh-huh. we'll, we'll get there. We'll do something, of course. Our, our days of traveling are not over, let's put it that way. Yeah, I just, <laughs> just, I, just realized, I just realized that it can be done. <laughs> yeah, ex- exactly. We've just, got, we've just gotten bitten by the bug. So um, definitely want to take on more adventures. Now that we've been on one, we have that kind of hindsight to say, oh, we know kind of how this works. Because, you know, the format isn't going to be different everywhere. Yeah. It, this is, it was, from, from start to finish, the, the dance that these tour guides did isn't something that someone's going to recreate at every company. Do you know what I mean? Like, every company is going to have the similar sort of, like, dance. Because yeah. it works, period. You know what I mean? Yeah, so I'm sure if I bought any other package on the climb, I would get a similar type of experience just somewhere else. Yeah, and of course, you know, give or take the attitudes of the tour companies or whatever, the yeah. competence and all or of that stuff. kind of terrain you're traversing. But, you know, it's going to be tour guides who explain to you what's going to happen the next day, the night before, and then you go on your adventure. and then group of people. Yeah, yeah. The, the whole thing is probably going to be similar. Um, so... You know, we're, we can kind of now cater what we want to do. We, we can come up with saying we want to go see wildlife in Peru as opposed to I want to go whitewater raft and take a predetermined list of activities. Now we can kind of say I want to go look for the guy who takes us out and finds weird snakes and shit in the jungle. You know, and, that's, and mountain bike through Machu Picchu. That, that would be nice. Yeah. So we, we will, we'll see if we can swing that one in a year or two. <laughs> but yeah, that's it. Meanwhile, David will be at a city near you. Oh, yeah. 
walking or, about through the tunnels. Yeah, it depends entirely on which city you happen to live in, <laughs> but um, I don't know what, Atlanta, Chicago, San Jose. I don't think I have any others lined up. I have to, I, I, I promised someone on the West Coast that I was just going to do, because I, I was informed about how much it costs to just rent a car for a week okay. over there. It's not cheap. So I, it's way cheaper than I thought it was. Oh, so, you think so? Okay. Yeah. Um, now I did the math, and I'll be doing something on the West Coast. I don't know what it is. Uh, I just know it'll involve some amount of couch surfing. Um, okay. Yeah, that was when we drove through, we went on that Jacob trip and we just drove through the Bay Area, like, and Lou posted a picture that we were driving through the Bay Area. Had like, like two, three people his fucking, was like, come on his over fucking right Facebook, now. like, lit up. I was like, I didn't realize we knew that many people in the Bay Area. Maybe we should just come here for a trip just casually and hang out or something, but we haven't gotten around to do that well, we've yet. we've been doing outdoor trips, not yeah. in-city trips. Yeah. <laughs> No, that'll be something I'm planning on doing in the fall here when I get around to it. Or I won't. You know, that's pretty much how life goes around yeah. here. But in any case, uh, we can probably wrap this deal up. Probably. Uh, Nicole, Lou, thanks for being part of the Machination Log. Yes, yeah, it's, it's anime appreciation time now for us. True oh, enough. For fuck's yes. sake. We got to finish Evangelion. Oh, oh God. God. We, it won't, won't end soon enough, will it? And it'll, maybe we'll even... Bore the listening audience by talking about it at some future date. I'm not sure about that. But <laughs> I'm okay with it. I'm okay Ooh. with it. There's so there's so much coverage it of is. this show. Yeah. Like there's, what angle do you take this at? Uh, oh. there are many angles you can take. Most of them are not not worth it. Um, as we're finding, uh, but again, we don't we don't ever have to watch an anime again after this. This I'm is okay the one. It. This is the one that was supposed to have revived the genre. So if this doesn't do it. I think we're safe from here on Okay, now. okay. I don't think Ooh. we have to keep going. Thank goodness. Um, I'm fine being called ignorant on that level. Like, I can, I can deal with that. Because, look, it came to Netflix, gave it a shot. Yeah. It's a low-quality show. We tried. It's, it's just not. It's an inferior product in the face of our normal fare starring Peter O'Toole. <laughs> And whatever, Ryan O'Neill. <laughs> which are the same, alone. those are the same name. Basically. Peter yeah. O'Toole and Ryan O'Neill are the same name. They even, they even both have a fake E at the end. Yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. they do. That's fucked up. Yeah. We're going to have Hol- to make Hollywood, you think. Hollywood, <laughs> man, it's, it's a fucking what some the, conspiracy. strange world. What the hell? That's, that's ridiculous. Also, they're not like... They're they're both. I'm only aware of their existence in their respective epics. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm this not goes too deep. Sure. This prob- is. Were they on the same plane as Epstein that one time? <laughs> <laughs> More on that later. That's a developing story. That. It'll age the podcast. Uh, uh, on right. that note, yeah. Let's watch this thing. Thank you, Aces.